My name is Sepp Hochreiter. I'm the inventor of LSTM. This podcast is always very, very interesting, especially for guys who want to apply AI in industry. I am listening to the AI podcast from the very beginning. Robert and Peter have the ability to cook down the very complex matter of AI in the industry in such a down-to-earth way that people that are no experts can understand where the technology is heading to in general and what fundamental changes we are about to experience in the near future. They do that by interviewing experts from the industry itself and always manage to make the transition from expert talk to easy, understandable content. AIPod is definitely one of my favorite shows and the best AI podcast that I personally know of. Philipp Paschen, CDO, Witzemann Group, Germany. Hi, this is Karina Mead from Women in AI and Robotics. Congratulations on the 200th episode, dear Robert and Peter. Uh, you always have the coolest guests from the industry and uh, I use your podcast to stay up to date with all the latest developments in the AI field. So looking forward to the next 200 ones. Happy 200 episodes of the AI pod. This is Michael speaking from Bosch Rexroth. Over the time, I have to say honestly that you became my go-to source when I want to inform myself about what's going on uh, with AI especially in our industry. I would like to thank you for that. Keep up the good work for the next 200 episodes. Thank you very much. This podcast is supported by Siemens, your partner for industrial-grade AI. And welcome to a new episode of our Industrial AI Podcast. My name is Robert Weber, and it's a pleasure to talk to Peter Seberg. Hello, Robert. How are you doing? Yes, I'm fine, Peter. We started this anniversary episode with four listeners, representative of many others from the industrial sector. Thanks to Professor Dr. Sepp Hochreiter from JKU Linz, to uh, Philipp Paschen, Witzenmann, um, Karina Mead from Women in AI and Robotics, and, of course, Hans-Michael Krause from Bosch Rexroth. Thank you very much for your kind messages and your congrats to our anniversary episode. Thanks a lot. Peter, 200 episodes. Wow. Let's look back a bit. <laughs> Who would ever have thought that? Oh. When, when you... I'm not sure how it started. Where do, where do we start? I mean, uh, we started in German. Yeah, that's the first in German. That's language. one thing. Yeah, yeah. but, but the, the the place where we were. I mean, and maybe we did something before. But there was this conference. Yes. Uh, VDMA, uh, the German Association of Machine Builders, and I did a presentation there. And I think at the end of the presentation, you asked me for an interview. Yes, that's, exactly. Was for that, Hannover was that, Messe. Yeah. Was that the first time we met? Yeah. Actually. Or not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that must have been sometime fall of 2018, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was very special. You recall, you had a you had a colleague with you. Um, yes. It was a he was making a video, I believe. And as I'm a tall guy, tall Dutch guy for those people who don't know, um, I think yeah, there was a person standing on a pile of books, just yeah, at exactly. the camera, right? Yeah. But but we did it the other way. Yeah. So I I made my legs kind of. Um, um, uh, on a on a on a one meter outside, yeah, and like I, I, I look like a giraffe. Yes, <laughs> so, 
there is actually still a video somewhere. I think it's on YouTube. We can, I think we yeah. can link to it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was the first time because we did an interview for Hannover Messet oh, uh, right, yeah. about industrial AI. And then we had a little chat and then we said, okay, let's record, let's try this podcast staff about with industrial AI. Yeah. yeah, there was a second thing that was kind of uh, funny as well is that I recall that maybe I did the, the first kind of the, was it a keynote? But it was at, at the beginning of the conference, I think. Huge, big new topic, artificial intelligence. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, and we were standing there and uh, towards, towards or somewhere towards the, I believe, the end of the interview, you see over my shoulders, you see these these bodyguards yeah. come into, into the conference room and then you think, oh, what's going on here? And it was the, at that time, finance minister, today chancellor, yes. uh, who was uh, doing a presentation after I had done my presentation. That I, was the, I, the think you, I think it's, it's very interesting. Uh, you talked about the CRISP DMM, right? I think so. it was CRISP. I did, I do as well. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. So it was a really the beginning when the industrial sector woke up uh, to, to think about uh, industrial AI, what a... 2018 and there was nothing about ChatGPT or generative AI or sharing models or something. Yeah, no, I, I, and I don't really recall how it was uh, received. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure there have been still a big share of the audience that was saying, "Okay, yeah, let him talk something." Yeah, you know, this is not going to happen anyway. And here we are, you know, four years later, and, and we can almost say it's only starting right now. You know. Yeah. For, for all our listeners, we also have a, a main part in this episode about a real topic and not about our 200 episodes. We will have a use case with class. It's very interesting. So you have to listen to our backflash uh, about 200 episodes and then we start in the main part with class. Yeah, yeah we don't make it longer than yeah. five, 10 minutes. You can always uh, fast yeah. forward. But, yeah. but, but we will do it in such a way that maybe for those of you that have not been our listener for over four years. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe you can at least know that what we have been doing. And, you know, as it is about the long tail as well, you can always go back to to some of these. So maybe, yeah, it was your idea. You suggested then later on, I believe, you suggested why not make a podcast out of this. Um, and the first one we did, I look back, it was January 31, 2019. So it's... Yeah. Over four years, it was uh, one of the one of the folks was uh, Oliver Nigeman, a professor yes. at that time. I don't know where at the moment he moves. He's in in Hamburg. Uh, at the moment. He was in Lemgo, I think. I was in Lemgo, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, number two, we talked about use cases. Oh, and by the way, that's very interesting. Right. So, I think Oliver has been with us one more time, and he just produced a uh, a paper together with two students, uh, uh, Alexander. Lindmann and Henrik Steuder, I believe. If you hear this, I already proposed because you have this paper with the wonderful name of Robustness and Generalization Performance of Deep Learning Models yeah. on Cyber-Physical Systems. And we would love to have you, you know, Oliver or, you know, Alexander or Henrik, please let us know. And we're looking forward to record with you. Yeah, that was the very first episode. And, and we, had, we had an episode with Aschenbach Buschütten. You remember this guy? Aschenbach Buschütten, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very steel, interesting. Steel production? Or? Yeah, steel. steel no, aluminium. Aluminium was it, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, yeah. So what, and what we, are at you? The begin, yeah. At the beginning, we had 48 downloads on this podcast. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, 48. <laughs> 
And we were probably very proud, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But the half of the downloads are coming came from us because we want to check everything <laughs> is fine. So uh, 48, yeah. Oh, um, uh, so what are what are your other episodes to remember? I mean, we have now 200. Uh, so yeah. we're, we're going to be doing our 200s uh, today. Wh which are the ones that, you, uh, that comes back in your brain when thinking about what we did? We had a very interesting episode. Uh, we talked with uh, Marco Huber, and Professor Slusalek from DFKI okay. about uh, explainable AI and okay. uh, how to solve this problem from a black box to a gray box. That was mm -hmm. very interesting. And Marco Huber is going to be with us uh, again in the, um, the conference. We'll talk about that later when we yeah, talk yeah. about maybe extensions of the yeah, yeah. podcast. Right. Okay. Yeah, I recall that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, another episode that comes to my mind is the episode with Festo, with Jan. Mm -hmm. with, a, with a vision of Festo and talking about can machine build machines. This is a very right. good headline for, for the podcast, can machines build machines, yeah. Yeah, and I heard it back again only a couple of weeks ago, you know, when we were at the, uh, you know, the internal Siemens uh, conference. Yeah, yeah. Because when we visited Jan, when was that, a couple of months back uh, at Festo, for whatever reason, I couldn't, I couldn't listen. It was a very good presentation, yeah. Yeah. I recall, of course, you know, uh, Sepp, Sepp Hochreiter, yeah, sure. uh, you know, he's kind of our, what should I say, our our mental uh, supporter. We are, especially you are very close. We talk a lot with uh, with Sepp, you know, inventor together with Jürgen Schmidt, who we did one together with him, co-inventors of LSTM, has been, uh, we've been following from the very beginning. So that's, that's oh, has always been great to to hear from him. What was his first famous quote that he did at the, in the article that you wrote? Uh, Vermasselt es nicht in German. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't, what is screw, it in don't screw it up. Uh, don't screw it up, yeah. Maybe we should say don't beep it up. Yeah, uh, yeah. don't screw it up. He said, uh, what did he say? He said like, you know, don't look at, don't look at what the others uh, are oh. doing. Uh, you know, just go for it yourself. And he also yeah. said, he, he gave the example of you know, using, you know, voice control, right? Yeah. You know, tell your machine what to do. That's going to be happening. True. And you, you as machine builders, as the example he gave, you know, you need to take uh, AI in your hands, uh, embed it into your machines and, and, you know, send it out into the world, right? Absolutely. I want to record because now I thought about what episode I also recommend to our listeners. Uh -huh. It's the two episodes one with with Kes Nuke, he's our guest at the conference. We will talk about that later about the the future of vision. That's very interesting because computer vision, as Knud Lasse Lüth told us, is one of the main topics for for the industrial sector. And of course, the episode with Frank Hutter about tab PFM because uh, we have a lot of tabular data in the industry. And uh, that's also a very, very interesting episode, I think. Okay, so when we talk about the conference already third time. So yeah, we should talk about the conference, yeah. Yeah, we can do it now. And then we come back, um, because I'm not yet ready, but it's okay. So we can talk about extensions of our podcast. I think the first extension that we did, we were looking into a conference already in the first or the second yeah. year, maybe. I don't recall if we did it or not, but in no. the end, we did not. Okay, there yeah. you go. But in the end, we did have a, we called it what? Um, KI im Kloster was in German AI in the cloister, I guess. Or no, it's not a cloister; it's a monarch, monarch, oh, monarchy. Monarchy, yeah. What is a cloister? Hey. Okay, what well, yeah, are you doing? This is the Netherlands cloister. Right? What is no, that? Maybe, maybe in the monarchy. Uh, and AI why? in the monarchy. Hey, stop! Here's Barbara. 
I edited the episode and I was also at the event in Würzburg, but I was not in a monarchy. I was in a monastery. We don't have a king or a queen in Germany. It yeah. was called like that because it was um, in Würzburg, right? Yeah. And yeah. it was a it was a former uh, monarchy, actually. So that, yeah. that was the first time that we had a, a group of, what, 15? 15, 20, yeah. 15, 20 uh, AI, CTO-level decision makers yes. around artificial intelligence in industrial. And that was so successful that we decided to continue doing that and for that reason you have been working very hard and maybe you want to say two words on it yeah next conference that makes us very proud because uh, we have managed to get to know the audience at our events and in, in july we we will have the meeting in the alps in austria mm -hmm. in Zug. there we have men and women from Trump, from dur phoenix contact lance festo keber and many others in the mountains and I think the special thing about our conferences is we have no PowerPoint presentations there. Right. We have three experts. We have Kesnu from Qualcomm Lab, Marco Huber, Fraunhofer, IPA, and Sepp Hochreiter. And these 30 men and women from the industrial sector can discuss their use cases, their problems, their ideas with three experts. And that right. makes us very proud. I think that's a That's the special one of our for our event uh, or our conference. Yeah, actually, we don't need to kind of you know sell it or market it. We're we're completely yeah. full. But you know, who knows? Maybe for the next one. Absolutely. Uh, this this time we have three separate sessions, right? So the first time we had two, right? Yeah, we had Marco and Zep, and today we're very happy to have Case also on board. Yeah, right. And then and that's why we said. And then we're already thinking about the next one is going to be also. With uh, Frank Hutter, it's going to be AI in the forest. In the, the forest. In the Black in the, Forest, right? In the Black Forest. And we talk mm -hmm. about TEP PFN and AutoML. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. So that's one extension. And the other one we did uh, before that one actually was AI in the canteen, right? Kail, the canteen, yeah, engine, it's called. Yeah. So we've been out for a couple of times. And that was about, I think it was an idea, probably yours, because you are always uh, come up with these creative ideas. But what I thought when you suggested was what I did at Intel. It was like working lunch. You would come, mm -hmm. you would bring your sandwich salad and sit there. And that's what we do. So we we haven't been doing it for a couple of months, but there is one or two that we're doing in, in the old Yeah, with, with Philip Passion. Greetings to Philip from uh, Bitsenmann. Right. We will meet each other in September at the AI in the canteen. Yeah. And the idea was all about, you know, maybe we talk about our listeners who are our listeners later on. It's not only the, you know, CTO level decision makers. There are students, there's people uh, in, in any kind way related to artificial intelligence in an industrial environment. But we've always said like that we believe that Uh, everybody, you know, so let's say, you know, the 500 million Europeans, the whatever, 1.x Chinese, so whatever, are six yeah. plus, no, eight, nine, 10 billion people around the world. And actually, that's interesting now because yesterday I saw Andrew, Andrew Wang, who was, um, he, we haven't had Andrew yet. Andrew, if you're listening, you know, we, sure, you're very welcome as well, because especially because you're so strongly developing your activities in the industrial environment as well. And he was suggesting, you know, uh, everybody's, I think he was saying children, students need to learn AI and also coding AI, to which mm -hmm. I said, yeah, AI principles, yes, very good. I, I do strongly agree. I've always agreed. 
but have never agreed on the coding, especially mm -hmm. not as yep. AIs taking over coding. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so that's what we do with the AI and the CAN team. Do we have any other things that we do? We do follow or support conferences like we did with Festo, yep. Siemens. Yeah. Yep. Um, those are the kind of things, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's our thing. And maybe I brought a few facts to the podcast and I have some challenges for us where, where we have to catching up some listeners because in Sierra Leone, Zimbabwe and the Faroe Islands, we have only one listener. So we have to keep up uh, a little bit in this okay. uh, in these countries and in Papua New Guinea, Turkmenistan and Madagascar we have no listener so oh, okay. yeah zero uh, so that's very uh, change not, that. yeah we should change that yeah uh, but yeah the main the main listeners are the German Switzerland Austrian connection because mm -hmm. we started in German and then it's Italy very interesting Italy okay. is very strong mm -hmm. US and then we have Netherlands Denmark Norway Sweden South Korea is very strong there, UK. But I'm very surprised that, for example, France or Spain, Portugal, there, there are only a few so, listeners in this country. Well, I would suggest is uh, there's a strong uh, correlation between the countries you just mentioned and industrial production. Yeah. You know, when you say, you know, for example, Italy, the norm of Italy yeah, is true. In, in packaging industry. For yeah, example. absolutely. I mean, and that's, of course, what we are. We are, when I look at my LinkedIn and I see that I have contacts in, in banking or in retail or, sorry, um, if for those, because I need to delete them because I, I need more. I do want to be available for people in the industrial environments. And that's yeah. what we do, right? We have been looking once into agriculture. We have been looking into autonomous uh, yeah. driving. So uh, let me recall one of my favorites has of course been the interview with Anthony de Dickmar, oh, yeah. which Absolutely. finally resulted into him receiving the highest minus one, let's put it that way, kind of award uh, from the Federal Republic of Germany. So um, we're very proud of that. Yeah. That's what we're doing as well. But normally, you know, we concentrate on whatever is industrial. So production is the core machine building and all kind of many different topics uh, around it, which maybe we shouldn't necessarily go into with, well, there's actually so many, but, and I think all the topics that, you know, are really important for, for you listeners, you know, who are already inside or not yet. I mean, in this, the course of the four years, and, you know, since a couple of weeks, months with ChatGPT, everybody's waking up, but we started it four years ago. Yeah, we said there's something big coming. Prepare yourself, and you know, and all the topics that are important for considering, you know, introducing artificial intelligence, machine learning, language models. Now, that's what we've been talking about. You know, processors, algorithms, a little bit of base understanding of what is supervised, what is unsupervised, and you know, and some of them we repeat all the time, you know, like edge, like data, yes, small data. Yes. We've been looking at trustworthy AI from the very beginning. Yep. We've been, you know, we've been following what the European Union, but also other parts of the world have been doing until now they've decided that they're going to go for it, right? So. And, and you recorded one episode, I, I remember, about the first episode we talked about reinforcement learning. It was AXO or something, you know? It was a packaging company or something. Um, very, very interesting. It was in Ooh, the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I recall. I recall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they had uh, he had actually been doing that also for VDMA, I believe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was exactly. saying yeah, you need little data, and it was amazing how he had improved the yep. throughput of uh, of his machines, which was about. Uh, I'm not sure how it's how packaging or something or no, yeah, process no, industry or something. Yeah, process industry. Yeah. And, you know, and not with fluid, but with uh, other kind of ASO, ASO or ASO, yeah. ASO. I think. Yeah, I yeah. think it's ASO. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was yeah very very interesting. Yeah, very high level. And we've always said like you know reinforcement learning is one of the most creative. Now I'm still sure that's still the case. But then you know suddenly almost from the side we see. Transformers, we see diffusion models uh, coming, and the world is suddenly upside down with creativity. Yeah, uh, it's almost like nobody had really expected it the way it's now turning out uh, to be. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, what is the more? We're not going to go through the topics. No. Nope. Maybe you want to mention our the partners that we have yeah. so far. Yeah, and, it's uh, because because without you, the 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 format would be unthinkable. And the first thanks goes to our listeners. Sure. Yeah. But we also have our podcast partner. And when I recall, it was Hannover Messe. Right. It was Adesso, uh, Time Echo, Pragmatic Industries, Zülke, Catulu, Naim, and Siemens. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to work together with you. Yes. Without you, the format would be unthinkable. Yeah. Very good. Final comment from my side. Uh, and then maybe you want to talk about what uh, you listeners are going to be hearing today. We, we discussed, I believe, last time, two weeks ago, that we have now this um, partnership with the Women in AI. So I look yeah. back again, and I think we discussed it two weeks ago. So after 200, we only had, I think it's eight, eight women. Yeah. And that's going to change. That's going to change because of the partnership. You already did the first recording, I believe, yeah. last week. Uh, last week it was very interesting. I think we will publish this in, in July. Okay. So it's very interesting. Yeah. But before we start in the main part, we need to thank to our team, Peter, because Obviously. the most people out there think that we are the podcast, <laughs> uh, Peter and Robert, but we have a team in the background. Um, without this team, we are, would be unable to do that. And we will thank to Barbara, Anne, and Simon. They take care of editing, uploading, social media and the whole event organization. So thank you very much. It is a pleasure to work with you together. Yeah. Thank you for my side also, Barbara, Anna, and Simon. Uh, yeah, you make these wonderful vavas, as yeah. what they call Audio images, yeah. <laughs> Those <laughs> listeners that do see us maybe on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, elsewhere, these wonderful, what is it, audio Images, yeah. your images, visuals, yep. yeah, and yep. also do those, yeah. And, and all, the, all the recordings. So sometimes we're... We're lucky we record and they can take it just uh, one in one. There's not a lot of work. Sometimes you know, people are a little bit, it takes a little, it takes a little bit more cutting out uh, things. And actually, when we look back, there was only, uh, of the 200, they have all went fine. There was only one yep. that we had to delete because yep. uh, as soon as we put it live, the uh, the person we did the interview with, or their manager, I believe, wasn't yeah. happy with what was up there, so yeah. we didn't have another uh, other way of um, just taking it down. But uh, yeah. except for that, everything has been fine. Looking forward to the next uh, hundred, two hundred, Robert. Yeah, absolutely. That's another four years. I That's guess. another four year, and we have to catch up a little bit in Sierra Leone, Papua New Guinea, and Turkmenistan. Yeah, we'll do our best. Thank you very much, listeners. Thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure to talk to you every week. Yeah. Thank you, Robert, for the great initiative. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And we switch now to the main part and have a very interesting project with Fraunhofer and Klaas. And Klaas is a 
machine building company in the north of Germany and it's, it's focused on agriculture. Right. And um, we talk a little bit about the engineering process and some topic uh, where they use, uh, where they have a project on AI. So enjoy listening and we will hear each other after our event in the Alps. Very good. Looking forward to it. It's like for little old boys when you have these uh, the big tractors right when you see yeah. come by, you i always think oh i want to jump on one of these and ride them too as long as you can still ride them and maybe you're talking about that yeah Robert, the future the future in agriculture business is ai so there's a lot of ai on the field and in the trucks and on the tr tractors so it's very interesting yeah i can imagine thanks bye-bye thank you bye-bye My guests today are Roger Tiaco Ponguet from Agriculture Machinery Manufacturer Class and Fabian Hanke from Fraunhofer IEM. Hello, Roger. Yeah, hello. And hello, Fabian. Hello. I'm uh, delighted to have you with us. Please introduce yourself briefly to the listeners, and later we will talk about your AI project. Roger, uh, would you please start? Okay. Um Uh, good morning also from my side and also uh, thanks for having me today. My name is uh, Roger Tiako Pungi. I'm working for class as a domain lead for computer aided design mechanical. Okay. And I'm responsible for the domain uh, cat mesh. I'm responsible for tool, method and process. Mm -hmm. And I'm also the class project manager for the research project integration of AI uh, artificial intelligence in the computer-aided design where we are here today and where we have to talk about uh, our results. It's a very interesting topic, computer-aided design and AI. I think a lot is happening in this field, right? Yes, yes. There are currently uh, a lot of things are going on and uh, uh, that's also why we, we wanted to be part of it and participate on the project. Yeah. Fabian, please introduce yourself briefly. Yeah. Uh, also, thank you for having me. I'm Fabian Hankel. I'm a research associate at the Fraunhofer IEM, which is located in Paderborn. And I'm working in the Department of Systems Engineering and to be more precise in the group of the digital engineering. And actually, I have a background in mechanical engineering, but during my studies, I focused on AI. And now I'm conducting research in the field of AI applied in um, product development. Yeah, well, let's start with your AI project. Roger, what was your pain point and why? Our main pain was, uh, let's say, desertion time that we have uh, from the designer or from the manufacturing guy and also the fact that we wanted to be, uh, let's say, more involved about the topic artificial intelligence on, on computer-aided design. Can you explain a little bit your, your process, your computer-aided design process? Our computer aided design process, you mean uh, how we are currently yes. uh, working? Okay. Yeah. So um, basically, the the designer, let's say, let's let's start with the with the use case for the designer. So yep. the designer always uh, work on the live structure, and um, they are looking for a specific part that they used to work with or they used to design in the past. So they have to search for it. Uh, as I said, difficult to find the part that they used to create in the past. Mm -hmm. And with that, they have to create a new one. And at the end, that means we uh, we create a lot of doublet in the system. Mm -hmm. Once we create a lot of doublet, that means we spend a lot of, of money. And uh, with the project, we were 
we wanted to, uh, on the engineering side, we wanted to, to reuse pre-developed parts to avoid that the designer create parts that are already existing. And we also wanted to reduce the part variants on the engineering mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. On the, the manufacturing side, we uh, have a lot of machine setup just to the fact that the designer always create parts that are already existing and they just make a small modification on this part. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, we are also, we think we will be able to reduce this manufacturing setup on the manufacturing side. Did you ever, um, yeah, you, please go on. For the processing, it's also difficult to, let's see, to challenge uh, the parts, uh, to challenge the price of the doublet on the mat, uh, since they don't know approximately how much the parts cost, uh, since the parts are already existing. And um, so with that, uh, we think it will be easier for the manufacturing guy to say, okay, the part that we are currently building is already existing, and this part costs in the past about, let's say, uh, 20 euros. And uh, once, uh, if you want to do a similar let's say similar part, then we will have approximately the same price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to solve your problem without a machine learning or AI tool? Or what was your approach before the project? So before the project, we uh, tried to make a kind of classification uh, mm-hmm. to help the designer to see approximately uh, um, which part he, he, he can use on which part he wants to use. Mm-hmm. The, the thing with the classification is uh, you first have to define all your classes alone. Mm-hmm. From time to time, it's not so easy because you have several parts, with several uh, attributes, with several classification. So at the end, you first have to know exactly what you want to have. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, it was also easier. So that's also why we wanted to be part of it. And uh, w- one more question concerning the, the starting phase. How did the idea to solve this problem with AI come about? Was it an idea by, by Fraunhofer or was it your idea and your team think about AI and machine learning? It was one of our ideas. Um, let's see, um, before we start with the project, we wanted to have a tool who are able to, let's say, to find similar parts just with help for the geometry. Mm-hmm. We make a lot of uh, some workbench to see what is going on the market, uh, what is currently, uh, let's say, available on the market. And um, it was difficult for the company who present the tool on our side to uh, to give us uh, let's say the, the info that we wanted to have mm-hmm. how is it working in the background um how are we able to to classify the part how are we able to find the part so it was always a kind of uh, on no we don't know exactly how it's working but it's working mm-hmm. and you will be able to find your part so and um at the end, to be, uh, let's say, to be prepared for the future, you always have to know exactly how the thing is, is working in the background. And uh, this is the info that we uh, we didn't have during mm-hmm. all this, uh, this workbench with, with a lot of supplier. Mm-hmm. So most of them were just saying it is working. Um, we are able to find similar part. But if you work with us, you have first to classify your part. You have, you have to give us the classification so that you are able to put let's say the part on the classification, but mm-hmm. how to create this classification, you have to do it by yourself. So I think uh, this is the most important point there. Fabian, um, can you can you describe us what was your approach to solve the pain of, of Roger, Roger and his team? Sorry. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, usually we start with the problem analysis, uh, doing yeah the concept creation. After that, we will 
start with the implementation process, the verification and validation, and finally we will yeah, conduct the deployment and the operation. During our problem analysis phase, we will look into the problem and get a better understanding what really is the challenge behind or yeah, the task. And we will identify use cases, analyze the stakeholders, and after that, we will define the current state of the process and how they are actually working. And on this base, we will start to create concept. We will conduct um, yeah, data engineering. We will look into the data, what data is available, in which quality and what amount. And we will start to pre-process the data accordingly to yeah, a possible multiple possible AI solutions. We will um, try to benchmark after that. Mm -hmm. We will create each of these AI solutions, um, conduct different uh, verification processes and figure out which one uh, performs the best. Obviously, we will select the best performing one and start the actual implementation process, which is usually not only the AI model, but more the whole uh, software solution around yeah. the model. Um, I think that's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, it is. Including and a lot of people are missing this part in their project. Yes, uh, it's a really crucial uh, task to integrate it in the yeah, overarching IT ecosystem, which is, for example, here in the use case with class the CAD um, yeah, environment, and to integrate the solution into this, so that the user can really access our solution through the CAD tool and use it to identify yeah possible similar parts after we implemented this obviously we start the verification um, and validation we conducted unit tests integration tests as well as validating the human machine interface by providing the solution to key users mm -hmm. which got the possibility to yeah use it and figure out if it suits their um, yeah, requirements and after that we gathered all the feedback and tried to integrate it and improve our solution. Mm -hmm. And we are planning to deploy and operate this system in the future. Okay, Let's look under the hood, Fabian. Let's talk a little bit about your AI solution for this specific use case. What, yeah. what kind of data set, what training, what learning algorithm are you using and why? Yeah, so um, we are conducting a geometry comparison, which is yeah kind of special for our solution mm -hmm. because usually what I found is a lot of other um, yeah part comparers mm -hmm. use computer vision to compare mm -hmm. yeah. the different yeah, models by using a snapshot yeah of the part and comparing these pictures. Yep. And what we are doing is we are actually uh, comparing the model geometry. As, and how we are doing this is. Um, we start with step model, mm -hmm. which is usually created by um, the CAD modeler or engineer automatically. Uh, we are deriving 2D representations of these model. So uh, what is this uh, 2D representation? So it's basically a histogram, which represents the distribution of distances on the model surface. So you can imagine we have this uh, CAD model which is basically a representation by a lot of connected triangles. And we can select randomly points on the surface. So we're usually selecting 
two points, so a pair of points, measuring the distance. And now we're doing this process for 1024 by the power of two points, so really a lot of points on the surface. Yeah. And the result will be a length distribution over the whole part. And we are collecting this in form of an histogram. And yeah, this is our representation of the model. And our solution will compare the 2D representation of the models. And if the histograms are similar, we can say, obviously, the 3D geometry is also similar. Okay. And can you please, once again, explain in a few sentences why you did not choose a computer vision approach? I would say the huge advantage is that the computer vision approach will usually have just one angle of view on yes. the on the part. Yeah. And we have yeah, like multiple or infinite views on our part because we use the really 3D representation. Mm -hmm. Because usually if you just take a picture, you will lose information about your product and the geometry. Mm -hmm. How big is this data set you are using? Multi-million files. Okay. okay. So it's a pretty huge data set. And this was quite a challenge for us. So we also created a pre-filtering uh, process to reduce our computing time because this histogram comparison is quite good and results in high quality for our prediction. But it's also kind of computing expensive. So our goal was to reduce reduce the computing time to lower than 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what we have done is we created multiple uh, pre-filtering solutions based on um, yeah, different attributes. One approach was to conduct uh, k-nearest neighbors and mm -hmm. identify neighbors um, in the yeah, nearest space. Also, we developed a clustering solution and our last solution was um, based on the bounding box ratio Mm -hmm. So you can imagine you can create a bounding box around your model and there are basically three dimensions. And it, we can create the ratios between every dimension like X to Y, Y to Z, Z to X. And uh, these relations will give us the possibility to just filter mm -hmm. all the models and we are just looking at possible matches which are under a threshold from like a 1% uh, difference yeah, in regards to the bounding box. And after that, we will conduct the yeah, actual um, histogram comparison. And the result was we have been able to search the whole multi-million model data set wow. within a few seconds. Wow. Wow. Uh, Roger, let's talk a little bit about this deployment of the of the model. How difficult was it now to deploy this model on your software and on your daily work base? Um, uh, let's say uh, the model is currently not yet, let's say, uh, deploy for for all designers, let's say like that. So the, the model are not used internally by some designer, by some key user, by some key aspect user who is now, let's say, testing the tool, working with the tool and seeing if they are, let's say, comfortable with the, with the UI or the UX. And yeah. um, so we still have, let's say, one month left <laughs> to work on the project and to, uh, to refine the project, to refine the, let's say, the requirement of the designer. And uh, at the end, we have to decide uh, how we want to, uh, to go forward with the tool and 
also take into consideration that there are also uh, tools on the market who have other UI and UX. So we also have to take this in consideration. But currently, uh, the tool is used for, let's say, uh, for some department who already see the benefit of, of using that and uh, already wanted to uh, to make some try and see exactly uh, how they can use our tool uh, live on production. Can you measure what improvements have been made with this tool, with this key users? Um, also for the user who are using the tool currently, yeah. um, they are much faster uh, by finding similar parts. What, what does it mean? 50% or 10% faster? I would say more than more than 50% faster. Yeah. Uh, since, as I say, if you have a model visible, you just have to click on the tool and uh, less than 30 seconds. That's on the last that we made, we were about 17 seconds. So we were able to find similar parts. And uh, we are also looking for, let's say, searching from one to, I don't know, 3 million parts that are available on the data, on the, on the system. So less than 17 seconds, you are able to find a large of similar part that you mm -hmm. want to use. There are also several, let's say, uh, filtering possibility that we implemented on the tool. And with that, the user is, is able to, let's say, compare the part that he have, the reference part, and with the part that he find out. And mm -hmm. he can make a kind of visual comparison and uh, at the end decide uh, if he want to use the part he found out or if he want to continue with this part. Okay. Fawel, you want to add something? Yeah, um, in the first place, the engineers haven't even been able to search through the whole database. So our improvement was really quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So because no human would even be possible to look through 3 million CRD models. Yeah. Can you can you describe a little bit this deployment strategy or the, this deployment process to the key users? Um, we will try to deploy it in the air marketplace or we have yeah. actually deployed uh, like a demo version of okay. the solution um, in the air marketplace and we usually use um, like Kubernetes clusters to do that so in the first place we will create a docker container yep. and we will use AWS to set up a Kubernetes cluster and deploy our solution there and after that one user or multiple users could access our demo yeah, simultaneously and test out whether the functionality would suit them and maybe if they're interested in some kind of a similar solution and after that they're able to make a request and maybe even to buy the application. Uh, Roger, you want to add something? Um, yeah, basically, no, I think uh, Fabian already uh, gave a good, a good hint about the, the AI marketplace um, on class side. Um, yep. So uh, currently the tool, we have an internal application where we are able to put all the, let's say, the relevant application we, we develop. And once it is there, it is already available for all designers and they are also able to use it. So uh, for that, there is no uh, specific uh, okay. deployment process uh, on, on class side. Okay. Fabian, I have one more question to you. How does the model need further training and what are the ML ops strategy on this topic or the, the ML ops pipeline? Um, yeah, for now we don't have actual ML ops pipeline. Yeah. The further training is not that crucial because um, it's just possible to add new parts yeah. um, to the system and automatically the system will derive the individual histogram for yeah. this part. And also 
yeah, key features um, like mass, uh, surface area, and so on, and save it to the class SQL. Okay. And our system just searched through the whole SQL, including, yeah, obviously the histogram. Mm-hmm. And so it will find also the new part. So what we need is this process of integrating new parts, but it's yeah automated. Okay. Our last question in our podcast is, since I think since December last year is uh, to talk a little bit about the elephant in the room, how generative AI will change your idea or your process. What is your opinion on that, Fabian? It, does it impact your 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 model or your idea? I wouldn't say so. Okay. So um, it's it's pretty interesting, um, and the possibilities how to use it. I think our solution can be. Yeah, integrated merge with uh, possible yeah features mm-hmm. like for a few days ago um, on the system mobility uh, conference, I met a colleague of mine, Bastian from Ember Search, and mm-hmm. they are providing an enterprise uh, search application. And for example, they have these um, like yeah, Google for your company, yeah. and they're using yeah similar to Google, they will find uh, your documents, word documents. Etc. Mm-hmm. And they also integrated a copilot, uh, which is based on uh, ChatGPT. Yeah. And I could imagine something similar. So to create a yeah software solution, yeah. which on the one hand side will identify yeah possible similar parts in your data set, but also maybe a copilot which helps you to yeah communicate with the system. So yeah, natural language is obviously a better process to interact with the system and maybe it will be helpful in the future to be more natural for the users to work with the system. So I see it more like an enhancement for the interaction rather than a really solution to, for the, in this case, find similar parts in the data set. Roger, what about generative AI and design processes at class? Let's see um, all the, 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 the several approach that we uh, have. Uh, for me, it's, uh, let's say, it's, it's not no. I will just talk about this, the, the part C, I, D. We see uh, a, a lot of potential of, uh, let's say, of AI and, 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 and computer-aided design. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I already said, this is also why we, uh, we wanted to be part of the project. Most important thing or most difficult thing for us at the beginning was, uh, let's say, uh, to find out which relevant information, which CRD relevant information are needed for, for artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, let's say, at the beginning not so clear, uh, but since we uh, work on the project, so we have, let's say, more and more clarity about uh, AI and, and uh, computer edit design. Want also to to further improve the topic and uh, go a little uh, uh, more deeper on the topic also with uh, affinite element analysis. So um, how can we, uh, let's say, combine both together to have a, let's say, suitable model. Mm-hmm. So I would say this is uh, more or less a thing that we uh, learn also um, on the project and uh, we want to go forward on the direction to also include it and finite element analysis on the, with computer edit design. Perfect. It was a very interesting project. Thanks a lot for sharing this project with us. Uh, thank you very much, Roger. Thank you also for my... And thank you very much, Fabian. Thank you too. Bye-bye.